Welcome back to another edition of On the Record, the Daily Iowans weekly news podcast where we break down the top headlines. I'm your host, Charlie Peckman, and I'm sitting here beside our executive producer, Andy Mitchell. This week, at a State Board of Regents meeting in Urbandale on Wednesday, financial aid directors from the three regions' public universities presented their annual financial aid report. On Thursday, Iowa City Police Chief Jody Matherly announced his retirement and an update on the coronavirus. Whether you're joining us in the car or in the classroom, we'd like to welcome you to On the Record. Before we get into those headlines, we have Brooklyn Drazy sitting here. She's the managing editor of The Daily Iowan, who oversees arts and opinions, as well as The Daily Iowan's daily TV show. Brooklyn, how are you today? I'm doing well, Charlie. How are you? I'm doing well. So uh, take us back to Monday night in the newsroom during the heat of the Iowa caucuses, the first in the nation caucuses. Can you tell us a little bit about the energy that was in the newsroom on that night? Yeah. So... I don't know if people would really think this, but until 10 p.m., everything was pretty normal. It was kind of like the calm before the storm almost. Um, We were just kind of waiting and waiting and waiting. And, Charlie, you know this. You covered a caucus location. Things didn't really get going for a while. So it was a lot of us just sitting there waiting for content to come in. And once content came in, that's when everything went crazy. People were designing. People were writing. I was editing. I was making sure we were getting digital stuff up as well as our normal nightly duties because, as everyone knows, we still do make a whole newspaper on caucus night, not just a politics section. Definitely. And, I mean, one of the things that I noticed while I was watching the coverage on caucus night was that, you know, all of the major networks, they seem to just continue saying, oh, after this commercial break, we'll have the first round of results. And that obviously didn't happen. So as the night progressed and it became clear that results weren't going to come in in a timely manner. You know, what were some of the editorial decisions happening during, you know, when it hit 1030, when it hit 11? What were you guys thinking? Well, we didn't actually start thinking about the fact that we might not get all of the results until 11, 1130. Uh, National media like CNN were saying at 10, 1030 p.m., where are the results? Where are the results? But we knew that this isn't just a primary. Caucuses take a long time. So we weren't really worried until we were getting zero results at 1130. And then we realized that we had to pivot really quickly on our content. Luckily, that was pretty simple because we knew that we weren't going to have a winner tonight. And we also knew that things were very chaotic at caucus locations. We were in contact with a lot of people in the Democratic Party who were saying things were just a little crazy because they implemented all these new rules and the app they used were causing a lot of issues. So we decided to focus more on that than the actual results of the caucuses. Definitely. Well, Brooklyn Drazy, Managing Editor of The Daily Iowan, thank you so much for taking the time to talk with us today. Thank you so much for having me. As The Daily Iowan first reported on Thursday, after more than three years of serving as the Iowa City Police Chief, Jody Matherly announced his retirement, and this is according to a press release from the City of Iowa City. Matherly has been the police chief since January of 2017, and his career in law enforcement spans 37 years. This time includes positions as police chief in both Altoona and Grinnell. In December, when I spoke to former Iowa City Mayor Jim Throgmorton, he really spoke about some of the things that Matherly has brought to the Iowa City Police Department, and this includes an Iowa City Police Department mission statement that focused on community partnerships and empowering victims. No official retirement date has been set yet, and Matherly will continue to perform his duties until that date is set. 
A national search will be done to find a new police chief, and details about the process will be released later this month. In other news, an outbreak of the coronavirus in China has prompted University of Iowa officials to suspend university-sponsored international programs involving travel to and from China for this semester, with the status of the summer programs up in the air. Dean of International Programs Russell Gannam told the Daily Iowa on Wednesday that world health crises affect the work of the International Programs Office in a major way. Monitoring the spread of coronavirus, the first case was confirmed in the United States in mid-January, ultimately led to the decision to halt UI programs abroad. Ganim also said that all of the Big Ten peer schools and other study abroad programs that work closely with the UI have also canceled all programming in the region. These programs include Institute for the International Education of Students, the Council on International Educational Exchange, and the United States Study Abroad Consortium. UIHC is following daily reports and recommendations from the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention and the Iowa Department of Public Health, he added, saying they would be ready to act if one of the seven students would show symptoms of the virus. With respect to this outbreak and concerns for travel, Ganim said students are the International Programs Office's top priority, and that was the ultimate reason for this decision. With respect to international students, Ganim said that the office is providing counseling resources, as well as channels to deal with safety and medical concerns. A lot of the Daily Iowans' news coverage from this week focused on the cantankerous week that the Iowa Board of Regents had. Daily Iowa News Editor Katie Ann McCarver reported from Urbandale that heads of financial aid from the State Board of Regents' institutions addressed accessibility and affordability of college for students, as well as their efforts to minimize debt in the face of increasing costs at the Regents' Wednesday meeting. Regent institutions use financial aid as a mechanism for recruitment and retention, this is according to Roberta Johnson, director of the financial aid office at Iowa State University. Alongside financial aid heads Sidney Seifer from the University of Iowa and Tim Bakula from the University of Northern Iowa, Johnson said the trio is working to stabilize student debt. One way to close the financial gap for college cost is to make students and their families more aware, Seifer said. That means not packaging the parent plus loan, she added. All three regent universities have already, or are planning to, Stop packaging the loan in an effort to make sure parents know that the loan is credit-based and not guaranteed. By not packaging the PLUS loan, Seifer continued, parents won't arrive on campus thinking that finances are covered and then be unable to access it. So Andy, can you tell us a little bit about the, the breakdown of Regent schools in terms of how students utilize financial aid? Well, Bakula said approximately 69% of UNI students, 58.5% at ISU, and 50% at the UI borrow to fund their education. And he added that regents mandate financial literacy training for students. Compared to peer institutions in the U.S., Johnson said that regent institutions are relying more heavily upon institutional funding. According to data she shared from 2018 to 2019, 6.6% of undergraduate financial aid in the U.S. was provided by state grants, compared with 0.4% in Iowa. The decrease in state funding for financial aid between the 2008 and 2009 academic year and the 2018-2019 academic year has totaled 60%, Cypher said. Unfortunately, she added, there have been very minor increases in federal aid in the last 10 years. The UI discontinued a summer hawk grant program, which provided financial assistance to in-state students taking classes in the summer with the goal of helping students not on track to graduate in a timely manner after the 2017-2018 academic year. Cypher cited less-than-expected rises in four-year graduation rates 
and dwindling state funds as the reason for the grant ending. 54% of the class of 2017 graduated in four years, matching the four-year graduation rate of the prior two graduating classes. Thank you so much for explaining those numbers to us, Andy. And, you know, to wrap things up, it is my understanding that it was a pretty good weekend for Kansas City. You bet it was. For the first time in 50 years, the Kansas City Chiefs are taking the Lombardi Trophy home. Kansas City won the Super Bowl on Sunday. I got to watch it in the confines of the Daily Iowan office with all my coworkers in a very strange psychological experience that I can't even begin to unpack. Um, yeah, it was a really great, very stressful game. Um, I brought a pot of chips and dip for everyone. Um, shout out to Caleb. It's delicious, by the way. Yep. Shout out to Caleb McCullough, who brought um, a fourth of a bag of chips um, from his apartment after we ran out of the big bag of chips I brought at the end of the first quarter. Um, so, yes, that's what um, that's the teamwork makes the dream work. <laughs> <laughs> well, with that said, I think that is all the time we have for today in this edition of On the Record. Thank you so much for joining us again. I am Charlie Peckman. And I'm Andy Mitchell. Go Chiefs. <laughs> Join us again next Friday for another edition of the Daily Iowans On the Record. <laughs>